those kind of makes me feel like, should I be offended? <laughs> Do I look like a foothill? But anyway, um, yeah, a little bit. I, <laughs> thanks, John. We did. Ha- <laughs> we had a great meeting on on Friday with the men. Um, not all the men, but we had we had twelve of us there. Um, I kind of went through it a couple times in my head, and I was like, wow, twelve. Okay, sweet. Um, something started like that. There's a few things that started with 12s. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, um, but we had a great time, and we're going to have one regular meeting um, the first Friday of the month, and the guys are going to hear this a little bit too um, for the first time, but um, we're going to take a second time. Beard hair. It definitely wasn't Zoe, so it's probably me. Um, but we're going to do the first Friday of every month, and then we'll do an event in the month. So sometimes that might move around a little bit. I realized that um, we had said on Friday that we would do the first and the third Friday, but then the ladies gathering is on the third Fridays, so we can't meet on that one, um, but we're going to meet a sec- second time um, together to go, like the first one's going to be a Wilds, um, uh, going to a Wilds game, um, one of their home games, and um, Kyle's going to find out when that is that's not the third Friday. Um, and then we'll get together. Um, we're going to get together, do other things as well. Um, actually, a small group got out and um, went fishing yesterday, so I thought that was kind of cool. I think they do that anyway, but um, probably as a group, we'll do even more. Seems like the mic's going out. That's weird. Okay. Um, love our technology, don't you? Well, anyway, I... Um, I, I, I think it's interesting. I, this is going to be totally random, but I know you don't expect that from me at all. The randomness. But um, there's an interesting thing that's been happening with our North Pole recently. I don't know if you know about this. Um, no, 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 no. No, actually, our, our North Pole is moving. That magnetic north is moving really, really quickly. Um, and there's, there's the thought that we may even flip and north will be south, and south will be north, and we'll be really confused. Um, but th- that, that's part of it. But there's also um, something very interesting that's been happening that I don't think people know about too much. There is, um, while there's been this, this climate change um, debate and how much we can affect it and how much we can't, um, the North Pole's been melting. And they've gotten to the point where you can, you can take a boat around pretty much the North Pole. And, and being that the waters there are increasingly warmer, um, they're increasingly open. And so access to a lot of the resources that are under the water are more open as well. And now people are starting to claim more and more of that waterway, which um, international law, I think it's like 200 miles out from a, from, uh, a country is um, there correct me if I'm wrong, I, I know it's a good ch- sizable chunk, but we have um, this battle that's been happening claiming the North Pole. Um, there's about eight or nine countries that border it. We're one of them with Alaska. <clears throat> and this battle over who owns the water and the waves and everything underneath, um, each country that borders it is, is laying claims and, and posturing, but the one country that's posturing the most... It's not us, actually. It's Russia. And Russia is actually going to the point where they, um, 
they're a prime instigator in this fight, and they actually sent an expedition to place a flag under the ice under the North Pole to lay claim. It's crazy, right? It's just nuts. Who can own the water? You know, I mean, kind of, got to think through how do how do you actually own land, right? Because it's really all gods and. Anyway. <laughs> Didn't really lay claim to it because, like, after what is it, ten years or so, that it's white because all the the ink came out of it. So it's just this white flag, which I think that's appropriate. <laughs> Mankind trying to lay claim to a rock out in space, um, but it's interesting this whole this whole fight. Just throwing that out there, random. We're in uh, faith, hope, and love, and this is um, not the last of our. Uh, messages in Faith, Hope, and Love. This is actually the penultimate. Um, next next week will be the last of our Faith, Hope, and Love series. Um, this morning, our title is Our True North. As you may already know, we have two different North Poles. Did you know that? I found that out this week. No, I'm kidding. We have that magnetic North that's just flying across, you know, just moving. And we have true north, where that North Pole is, where that flag from Russia is underwater. Um, but we have those two, and one, one is based off of that magnetic field that's moving, and one is based off of that point that can be, can be seen, even like on a globe. You spin a globe, it spins because the North and South Poles are marked by the post that holds that globe, Right? Well, we've got that invisible post, really, that's spinning the earth. And you can find where true north is. True north is static. It is easy to identify. But magnetic north, on the other hand, is, is constantly moving and, it, and may flip, um, maybe even in our lifetime. Probably not. Thousands of years from now. But it's really moving. Um, sorry. Um, so true north is constant. Magnetic north is relative. Did you, did you know that truth has two types of truth? At least we do today. There are two types of truth. We have two distinct natures in truth. Um, we have the way, the truth, and the life kind of truth. His truth is real. It does not change, and he does not change. Amen? There's a troubling thing that has been happening in our world today called relative truth. And what is that, you might say? What is relative truth? Um, you have heard it before. People may say that your truth is whatever it is for you. Whatever your truth is, is right. And whatever your truth is, is right. And whatever your truth is, is right, even if none of them line up with each other. That's relative truth. And a whole generation is living out that relative truth. People may say that your truth is whatever it is for you. The, the truth is that it relates to your decisions, your life, and more troubling these days is whatever political views you might be factoring into, whatever your truth might be. How many know that we're not a part of this government? 
or any government that's on this world. There is a government that sits on the shoulders of Jesus. There's a kingdom that we're a part of, and we are not home yet. We are just passing through. Now, we, we, can, still have, we can still have pride in our country and what our country does. That may be thinner these days, but we can still have that. We can still love our country. We can still love um, the people in our country, but we are not home yet. And the true government, that government that will be on the shoulders of Jesus is, is not about relative truth. Relative truth, truth or even political correctness, which is also troubling, is not what we hear from Jesus. You know that? Political correctness is just a way for some people to tout their relative truth and cram it down other people's throats. That's hard to hear because we might do that too. Jesus calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. And no one's, no one's going to get to the Father unless through him. That would not be a welcomed idea in our current culture, would it? One way. One way to God. What does our culture say? Oh, there's so many ways. But the thing is, is there's so many ways, yet I, I think that our culture might even say that, well, but not Jesus. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt like that, that it's tolerance of everything else, but if you bring up Jesus, that word tolerance only means everything else other than Christianity. Everyone could have a truth, and it can be right. The relativity of our truth, um, the relevant nature of um, everyone being able to live their own truth is so far off the mark as to greatly contrast with the teaching of Jesus. If you look at the teaching of Jesus, if you read the teaching of Jesus, what is going on in our culture, in our politic, and in the warring that people go through on our social media or our non-social media, is so contrasting with what Jesus was all about as to be completely different. But that's who we are to be. We are supposed to be different in a way that people look at us and go, you're different. And I'm intrigued by that. The relatively, relativity of our truth um, It's just not speaking to our true north. It's more of a magnetic north. You have to make adjustment from true north on a compass. You have to, you have to kind of change it each year almost to get, to get the right spot for true north. Because the magnetic north is what it's going to point towards, right? But that's constantly moving. So if we have to see where true north is, we have to know what that, that angle is between true north and magnetic north, it's constantly changing. So instead of going with what true north is or going with what true truth is, not relative truth, um, 
true truth, we know, we point at Jesus. But if it's relative truth, it's pointing away from Jesus, and we need to make adjustment to go there. Jesus is our true north, not just a magnetic north. He is the location, not just the illusion to a location. He is the door, not just a door. He is the truth that matters. Jesus is our true north. We're in Romans um, chapter 13, and I'm going to start digging in and going there. So if you want to pull out your Bibles, you can do that as well. Um, Of course, I get a Bible with, with a strap on it that makes it harder to get into. Somehow that, that seemed like a good idea at one point. <laughs> 13 verses 8 through 10 says this, Oh, no one anything except to love each other for the, the one who loves another has fulfilled the law for the commandments. You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is fulfilled, is fulfilling of the law. I believe that the the key to this section, if you look at it, it says, and any other commandment. The word, the word knows. You've got to think about it. The, the, the Jewish people had the Talmud. They had, they had um, writings of different um, rabbi. Um, when Jesus talked about my yoke is easy, my burden is light, he was talking about his teaching. He was talking about him as a rabbi. Here's my teaching. Look at the rabbi's teaching over here, all this weight of law that you have to carry. And it wasn't just the Ten Commandments either. It was more and more oppressive laws about the things that you could and could not do. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. Any other commandment can be summed up in in loving others as yourself. The thing is, first point here is loving each other completes God's purposes. Or should I say, completes God's purpose. What does loving each other look like? How does, how does that complete God's purpose? Well, faith is belief in motion, as we have talked about. Our faith leads us to the righteousness that we have read about Abraham and many others in the word, where, where their, their faith was accounted to them as righteousness. Hope is the precursor to our faith. Hope comes before. Use an example. You've heard the leap of faith. I hope I don't die. I mean, right? There, there's a little bit. It comes before that faith. You're going to have that hope in you. It is written in our DNA. Okay, a scientist might, might, might say, I, I've never seen that there, but, but it's written so ingrained in us that hope, everyone has a hope, or they lose their hope. Have you met somebody who's lost their hope? Have you, have you seen somebody that there is no hope in them? It can wreck you, can it? 
Because we can sit there and go, oh, it's so simple. It's Jesus. You, you, you have a hope. It, it's Jesus. And they're going to look at you and go, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no hope. We hope for, we long for that relationship that we um, may not be aware of until we make that connection with God and with Jesus. Um, love, on the other hand, looks like so many things. There are so many ways that we can express love and it completes God's purpose in us. Now, I'm not talking about um, just, just what the world says is love. I'm talking about the agape. I'm talking about the phileo. I'm talking about those kind of loves. Let's be a bit interactive here, okay? Um, what does love look like to you? What does loving other, our neighbors as ourself look like? What, what, let's be interactive here. What does love look like to you? Serving. Compassion. Understanding. Forgiveness. What was that? Acceptance. Kindness. Sacrifice. What was that? Action. Love is an action, okay? Cup of coffee. Okay, now we're starting to branch out here. She knows how to love me. <laughs> what else does love look like? A big hug. Generosity. Icon, Vicky's just kind of getting all these here. You guys, you guys she's beating you here. There's, there's five, okay. Patience. Listening. Maybe not praying for patience, but we won't go there. What was that? Denying yourself? Denying yourself. Taking up your cross. I'm sorry. Discipline. I wouldn't say sometimes. No, I said I, I wouldn't say sometimes. Anybody over here? We got a lot in the middle here. Okay, so we're going to move to this section. Love, protection, interaction. Yeah, we don't want to see somebody go to hell. Okay, yeah? What do you got, Joe? <laughs> yeah. Forgiveness? All right. Okay. <laughs> so we were talking about love here, right? <laughs> Not burning down his trees. <laughs> that, that restraint, that is good, yeah. What? Self-control, yeah. And gentleness. And, and honesty. Hey, honesty, because you were sharing honestly with us. So sharing this, isn't it kind of cathartic? It kind of helps us to see. What, what is love? I'm not leaving you guys out. We're going to get you guys too. I've gotten a couple over here, but, but what's Sid got? What you got, Sid? 
Not, not at all. Not pointing fingers or saying names. Said, um, oh, love is everywhere. It's omnipresent. Big word. Yeah. Look at what the post. Yeah, or the, the post. <laughs> Your joke earlier. Anybody else? Lynn. What was that? <laughs> Confusing me. I don't know if that fits into love. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, Lynn. What'd you say? Love is paid. Yeah. Okay. Starting to pull out scripture here. I hope somebody didn't say Facebook because that's that's not love. Faithful, yes. Okay, that's better. What you got? Coming alongside of another. So we've been seeing a lot of words that relate to love. How does that relate to loving our neighbor well? Not burning down their trees. We got that. Action. What kind of action? Let's let's take this up a notch. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I talked about this last week with with refusing to be offended. Jesus refused to be offended when he was taken to a place to be beaten. He was spit on. He had a, a crown of thorns hammered into his head. And then he was laid out on a cross for our sins and he refused to be offended. That's love. He said from the cross, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. So that's how Jesus did it. How, how do we do that with neighbors, with, with people that we might get frustrated with? We've, we've seen that a little bit. Anybody else? Forgiveness. Helping the neighbor, okay. See, we're starting to get a little further into this. We're ratcheting it up. Reaching out in what way? Ah, okay. So maybe take some cookies and compassion. Okay, how would you do that? You just hear that word civility? Oh, that might be kind of make us cringe a little bit today, doesn't it? Because with social media, our civility is kind of out the window. Yeah, Gary. Leaf raking, yes. Leaf raking, that would be, be total love for the freeze over here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leaf raking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> They have some nice huge piles of leaves in their front yard that, that I know Mike is just like, oh, dear Lord, give them to my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it'll get raked back, one of the two. Yeah. Speaking well of them, even if they badmouth you.
Yeah. Well, and that's that's kind of like the, the the whole thought of you know. Um, the things that we do, those, that kindnesses that we do for our enemies can be like heaping burning coals on their head, right? It, it brings about conviction, not from us, but from the Holy Spirit. There's a, there's a conviction, even if they don't believe in Jesus, even if they haven't gotten to that place, there's a conviction when you treat somebody well, there's this conviction of, what did I do that they're treating me well? I've, I've been such a jerk to them. Oh yeah, definitely. I this is good. This is good to be interactive. I'm glad that you guys played well with others here. Um, but the thought is is that when we love our neighbor, when we love those around us, it completes God's work in us and through us. We've talked about reconciliation. That's one word that wasn't thrown out. But that's ultimately what all of this love that God has poured into this world is about because he wants to reconcile his creation, us, them, to him. This world, he wants to reconcile this world to him. What we're, what we're promised in the word is that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. This new Jerusalem. Interesting, right? That's that reconciled world that we'll be a part of. Thank you, Jesus, for new bodies. Um, anybody have aches and pains? Say hallelujah. <laughs> the first part of the greatest commandment is loving God. Jesus states this in Matthew 22, um, 36 through 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And this is a lawyer. He was trying to kind of trip up Jesus. And, and it was like, the per- it's like, thank you for the lead-in, right? It's like, thank you for that segue. Let me go ahead and tell you about this. And Jesus comes back and says, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and, all, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like, is like that. Um, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So those two commandments, the first one being that we love God with everything. We talk about the tithe at times. That's 10%. That's what the word means. But we're to love the Lord our God with our all. Because he gave us our all. So is a 10% really what he's... I mean, I don't think he really cares what the percentage is. He cares about the heart that we have. And how are we loving the Lord our God with our all? The second point is loving God completes us. Loving our neighbor will complete his work through us, in us, and in them. But loving God completes us. You know, there's, there's that thought of, of there's a God-shaped hole in us. And, you know, 
I, I may not be the best one for that, that image because I, I feel like that means that God made us defective. <laughs> he didn't. But we are defective because of sin. And maybe that hole was burned into us by sin, and Jesus can come and can cover that. And whatever shape that hole is, Jesus fits. Because for some people, there's certain defect to that, that God will, will send Jesus in to cover. Maybe you're dealing with addiction of any kind. That looks like a certain shaped hole. Maybe you're dealing with your own pride. That's a different shaped hole and kind of a big one. I'm just, just saying. Maybe you're dealing with some other sin that is a, is a different shape. But Jesus fits in every single hole. Every single gap in our life, he will fit and fill. His blood covers it all. So loving God completes us. Think about it. Our life finds its completion in our relationship with Jesus. In our worship of God, we find hope. Our faith and our love completed in one action. Our nature may lend to the fallen nature of our world, but in love, we find the nature that we were meant to live out. And we find that our ability to love others is expanded. The more we love God, the more we're able to love others. And I say that to say this. If you're wrestling with loving others, press in to loving God. If you're wrestling with loving your neighbor, who may have put up some trees, I'm just saying, or leaves, yeah, I'm just saying. If you're wrestling with that, the best thing to do is to press into loving God, to worshiping God, because what it does is it gets you to a place of truthfulness, of conviction, and we respond to that, don't we? Not condemnation, like, oh, I can't believe you did that. That's the enemy. The enemy loves to go, oh, you, you're not a good Christian because of whatever from the past. And God likes to go, you're not a good Christian, but you know what? You're my child, and I love you, and I will help you in loving your neighbor. Because Christian was a, I'm saying that because Christian was actually a derogatory term about us. We were followers of the way and they called, oh, little Christs. They're little Christs over there. And we just took it on as a moniker. We love it. Put it on in front of a shirt. Christian. That's us following Jesus. We can take being, being called names. We can take being in that place where, where, um, Normally, people would take offense because our Lord did not take offense. He didn't open his mouth. Scripture specifies this not, not because it, he, wasn't, he wasn't yelling or screaming. No, he didn't, he didn't take offense. He didn't need to take offense because he was all God. Yeah, he was in the flesh, and the flesh was getting torn, and he was bleeding 
and he was beaten. But the thing is, he didn't open his mouth. He didn't complain. And when we get to that place where we complain, we got to stop ourselves and go, why am I complaining? Why am I taking offense? Because if we get to that place where we're taking offense, we've stepped out from underneath loving God and loving others. This isn't Jeremy saying this. This isn't the word. So if, if you want to go back to the word and, and look at that, we're, Jesus said it. Again, I'll read that one more time. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with everything you have. And you pretty much can just fill, fill in the blank. Love him with every moment. Love him with every thought. Love him with everything, every fiber in your being. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Jesus said it. I didn't. I'm just saying. Why don't you set your stuff aside? Jesus, thank you for your words in Matthew. I thank you for all your words, but God, we, we want to thank you today for calling us to remember, to remember the life that you lived here on earth, to remember that you are not in a, a tomb, to remember that you uh, were raised from the dead and are seated at the right hand of God. And the word that you said about the greatest commandments, everything can be summed up as loving God. And one more that's just like that and is loving your neighbor as yourself. Help us to do that, God. Help us to go forward in, in loving one another and loving you, God. We praise you. We thank you. And in this moment, if um, I just want to give an opportunity. If you are listening to this and you haven't made the commitment to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. It's real easy. It's not some mystical thing. It, it is a powerful thing. But if you're wanting to put Jesus in, in your heart today, if you want to live a life with Jesus, I want you to just raise your head and look at me and raise your hand. And we'll pray together. And we'll celebrate. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Anybody else? Well, Heavenly Father, for my brother in the back here, I, I'm just... I'm praying, God, that you are bringing him to a place where he recognizes um, that he cannot do this on his own. Do you recognize that, brother? Yes. Do you recognize that you are in need of a Savior like Jesus? Are you recognizing that, brother? Yeah. And I pray, God, that you would come into his life now, that he would, he would sense your leading in decisions in his life. He would sense your leading in, 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 in walking with you, God. We praise you for that. We pray, God, that we could celebrate that with him. 
And God, that we could be there to help him in this walk and in this way, this truth. Thank you for letting us love our neighbors. Thank you, God, that you give us that opportunity to love our neighbors as ourselves because it it would be really boring if we're just loving ourselves in this world. We thank you, God, and we pray that you go before us in this day. We pray for the food downstairs, that you would bless it to our bodies and all the calories to the kids, um, and the fellowship for us all. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' precious name, and everyone said, amen. God bless you, man. God bless you, man. God bless you, man. God bless you, man.